0: Yo, I put it like wow, Wow. this that sound These oaks don't work hard like me, I hope they know by now Bam, bam Stand my ground. Though these money trees go overseas like Percy Tow. I'll make sure you stay around. Quiet when I'm under loud. No is allowed. Me positivity took a vow. I always play to win. Don't anticipate loss. Mind always in the clown, my boy. Never think about the drop. Never, ever, ever think about the drop. Welcome to it, sports fans. It is the MKT show. I am MKT. Hope you are good whatever you are doing hope you're good because good is good enough you know what I'm saying good is good enough hope you had a great weekend a great day a great morning a great whatever you were doing you know maybe you went out for a gelato had a gelato it's summer here where I am you know the podcast is already so boring we need to talk about the weather it is sweltering hot sweltering hot where I am Listen, you could be in Canada, then this is, that's why you don't talk about the weather. If you're in broadcasting, you can talk about the weather, usually it's local. Podcasts, international. What if someone's listening in Canada, it is freezing. i got friends snowboarding in Canada right now, it is freezing. February, generally, that's when you want to be going to ski resorts, by the way. For those of you considering your first trip, the higher you go, not really European resorts. You don't want to be going to the sort of Italian resorts. Now it's starting to get a little bit warm. But if you can get yourself to Switzerland, around that 3,000, 4,000 meter mark, that's where you want to be. And then Glacial, of course. Valdezere, for me, is the best I've probably ever been to in Europe. In Europe, as Jamie Carter would say. Uh, what are we talking about today? Right, wrong. And I will do a mailbag. So we'll do right, wrong. Where I was right, where I was wrong. And then we'll do a mailbag. Uh, hey, Luton are a handful. If you're a Man United fan, that must have been something to get through. Good win. That's a good win. Man United are... they they starting starting to get into a place that you want to be in. If you can play badly, because they played badly. Man United played very badly. The two goals they scored weren't created, right? It was a deflection volley for Rasmus. And then he took advantage of sloppy defending. So created, some might say, by the pressure on the first one and his willingness to run. But it wasn't vintage football. It wasn't vintage football. But but listen, you can't have it both ways. If you're a Man United fan, you should love it. You should, In the words of Kevin Keegan, you should love it that you're winning like this. Because what happens when you start playing well? Like Arsenal, you know? Then you start putting five or six. But United are playing badly at the moment and winning. So you've got to give them credit for that because there's an old adage in sport. That is what champions do. That's what champions do. So if you're a United fan, you should be absolutely delighted. Heart palpitations, yes, but absolutely delighted. Because Luton are a handful, by the way. They play beautiful football. Uh, And I tell you that, Doty, my word, who is that kid? What a left foot, great positional sense. He reminds me of Estupinan. Now, Estupinan has a slightly different physique, so he can power past people. But his ability to get into an attacking position and a crossing position often, and then athleticism, is just fantastic. And the quality on it, by the way. So I really like that Doty at, uh, yeah, at Luton. I like him a lot. On the left. Love to hear your thoughts. Man United survived though. 2-1. It is four in a row. Four in a row. For Eric Ten Hag. And Co. Luke Shaw injured again. That's got to be a problem. That's got to be a problem. Love to hear people. What people think. MKT inspires. Otherwise MKT. At the MKT show. Uh, if you have not subscribed. To the YouTube channel. Go ahead and do that. they yes that will matter soon you you should go ahead if it's your first time listening here uh i get we get more listeners on here we get about six times more listeners on the podcast than subscribers on youtube but what i would say is go and subscribe to the youtube page put your notifications on because things are unfolding we just go and subscribe to the youtube page and and put your notifications on if you watch the show and have done before and if not if you're a youtube person go and subscribe the mkt show on there as well look out for things to come soon look out for things to come soon i I had a pretty good week as you can hear well maybe you can't and this is a waste of your time and why did you tell me because why do you care but I'm going to say it anyway, just in case some people pick it up. People might go, oh, you sound a little nasally. I said, yes, that's because I've been sick for two weeks. Has that stopped me training? Absolutely not. A friend of mine called him today and he said, well, that's terrible for your heart. And I said, well, I wasn't really intending to use it for anything, you know. I'm not like, I'm not in love with anyone. And I don't have any kids. So I, I don't intend to use my heart. What happens if half of it gets damaged? doesn't really matter, which is not the way to approach it, but... I'm one of those people, especially with exercise. Like, if I don't exercise, I—I I mean, I spend a lot of time on my own anyway. But when I don't exercise, I'm extremely unhappy. I'm—I'm not—I'm not one of those people who can just go. Oh well, I, I, like I don't play video games. I don't. I mean, I—I I read, but like, what else am I doing? I like—I don't. To be honest with you, I don't really enjoy going out. Like, I'm a stay-at-home person. If I'm going out, it's lunch, dinner. I want to go home you know I don't do I don't do clubs anymore what am I doing what am I doing so I, I'm and also I exercise on my own so for me my exercise is running or the gym but so I'm not like oh let's get out there and do a group yoga session or whatever no people will say to me oh you in a, are you part of a running club I'm like oh that sounds like my nightmare because I'm not really a lifestyle person you know Not really like, oh, let's get out there and chit-chat. Oh, chit-chat about what? I already know the people I like. I already have friends and family. Don't worry about it. So, I'm not really a lifestyle guy. You know, I like to think I'm polite if I see people. But I don't want to hang out with you and your girlfriend. No, thank you. Like, you know, I have a lot of friends and relationships. Like, I'm not going out with them for a chit-chat and laugh. Like, I'll go out for dinner and then dinner's done. I'm going home. You guys can stay for the chit chat and the laugh. Like I'm, I'm just that person. So, the, but the one thing that I love more than anything is exercise. I just love, I mean, running. Nothing's running, you know. N- nothing's playing football. That's the best one. But running's now the one. So even though I'm ill, I've been ill, I had to keep training, I had to keep knocking out the miles. You know, Try, trying to build up to a hundred mile here in about two months. So if I sound nasally. It's because I've been bloody ill, especially the last week. It was bad. I, I had to. Well, the last week I've kind of been in recovery. Two weeks ago, I was literally. I I would go out for a run, come back, eat breakfast, and then sleep the whole day, just because I was. I was really bad. I think I might have. I might have had COVID. I remember when I had COVID. I, I've. I think I've had COVID twice. I had the, these symptoms, especially the first time. You know. So I am vaccinated. I don't know if that makes a difference, you know, being biased to the sciences. I would like to think it does with some of the evidence that's come out, but, you know, I was still able to run. And although I was feeling dreadful, terrible, really, really terrible, I was still able to run, which was nice. Otherwise, otherwise, then I really would have been grumpy. Not only sick, now I'm stuck at home doing nothing. Oh, and I'm not a do nothing person, you know. Like, I'm on my own. I'm perfectly happy on my own. I don't get bored. Like, go oh, I'll read a book. I'll play some Sudoku. I'll, you know, find something to do. Find something to read. Let's find some work to do, you know? I, like, I, I'm I'm really fascinated by the world. So I'm never bored. I'm never bored. There's always a YouTube video to find. So, yeah, that, that would have been terrible if I couldn't exercise. So anyway, if I sound nasally, that's what's going on. On the back back end of some illness, that the flame's gone, which is good. I, I've just got a, I'm just bunged up in the nose now, bunged up, as they say, up north, in England, the north of England. They say oh, he's always so bunged up. I'm bunged up, but I feel fine. I, I feel like eighty percent because I went for a pretty long run this morning, ran twenty eight k's. I still don't feel like I'm at my apex, you know. When I'm fit, I'm enjoying it. Like yesterday and this morning. So I ran 28 yesterday, 28 this morning. It was a slog. It was brutal. And it was, the, it was even worse two weeks ago. Like then I was really sick. Like badly sick. I had, to, I had to get home and I was just sweating buckets. So, you know, not to be done at home. This is not medical advice, by the way. Clearly. Like if you have a heart attack because you're exercising, I did not say you must carry on doing that. There's a good chance I could have had a heart attack, because that has happened, by the way. Covid, I'm running. Oh no, heart stops. Real story. I actually had a friend. It happened. Um, happened to him in Plet. Yeah. Boom. Collapsed. One of the fittest people I know. Could have been me. Anyway, I didn't die. I'm just sick. I am just sick. All right. Get into the show. Uh, the Proteas got humiliated and i thought shukri conrad gave one of the most disgusting press conferences i've ever heard in my life in international sport i i've got a problem with you, you know it's a challenge for me being south african cuz i'm outward facing you know so i i have to be honest most of my friends are are european or american because I connect better with Swedish people and Americans than I do with South Africans. Because I don't believe in modesty. Like, don't, there's no prizes for humility. I, I've never understood the South African mentality of thinking small and just being happy with your lot. Like, it, it drives me crazy. Anywho, that is to say, Shukri Conrad thinking there's life lessons to be learned in a Proteus shirt, praising Kane Williamson and saying it's a great experience For his young and older guys. I'm like, dude, what are you talking about? Like, Shukri, what are you talking about? Even if that's what you think. You're not coaching a high school team here, dude. Like, this this is not the tiddlywinks. Like, under 20s or emerging Springbok or under 19. Or the Lions or whatever, dude. You are coaching the international team. Like, if I'm the first team, guys... Now, to give some context... New Zealand uh, beat South Africa 2-0 in this test series. It's South Africa's C-team, essentially. Which isn't the point. Like, the the losing... Whatever. I'll talk about that a bit later. But for Shukri Conrad... To start becoming philosophical about life lessons at international cricket... I just... I, I resent that. He doesn't seem upset. Like... There's just nothing about him that feels elite. And he spoke with, like, again, that South African humility as though, like, I'm just happy to be here. I'm like, that it's such a bad look. And if anybody doesn't think that, I don't want to know you. Like, not at this level. High school, coaching your kids, fine. What is he talking about watching and marveling at Kane Williamson? Dude, you have to play against this guy. Like, you can just say, he played well. Okay, move on. Like, the guy is just, like, eulogizing about this guy. I'm like, oh my goodness. But this is why Southern cricket is... It's the worst it's ever been. Like, our first team is not much better, by the way. Like, a, a lot of people pretend the pro tiers are, like, in a good place in, in any format of the game. They are not. They are not. The springboks... And the Proteas. The Proteas are now closer to Bafana Bafana than ever. And I'm not just talking about this. But when you employ a guy like that, uh, what are we doing? There is no way Bob Wilmer is giving it that one. Bob Wilmer is coming in there heated, going, I cannot believe how badly we've played. Doesn't matter if it's the D team or the B team or the C team or whatever. I don't care. This is the Proteas. That's the standard. Like, Rossi Erasmus isn't happy when he rotates his team and they lose. Like, you saw it with Bafana Bafana, right? It, and it's the same thing. They got to the semi-final of AFCON. And they want people to come fill up the airport. I'm like, for what? They lost. Like, for what? What are we... Why am I going to the airport to see people that lost? This this idea that I have to support you even if you're substandard. I'm sorry. And also, Bafana Bafana, it's the first time since, like, 1996... You've been half decent. Don't give me that. Don't give me that. Uh, the, the, this thing of we have to go and support by Fundo and the pro tiers and just back them. Not at that level. High school level, development level, fine. At that level, I, I just, I don't want to hear it. It's a performance-based industry. And what makes me even more sick is people saying, oh, you must think about the pressure. I hate that argument so much. You know why they get paid 5 million rand a year? Part of the skill set you have to have is dealing with pressure. So I'm so sick of people going, oh, shame, what about the pressure? That's what he gets paid 5 million rand for. Otherwise, you know what they'd do? They'd pay him like you and me, and he would earn 300,000 rand a year. Right? Like most people in a middle-income job, earn three hundred thousand rand a year pay their taxes and go home all right and i've never heard anybody going to an accountant and going oh i can't believe you didn't handle the pressure i have to say it and talk about it on twitter but these guys earn five million rand a year they've chosen a public facing job and they've chosen to represent their country so i don't want to hear excuses don't make excuses for millionaires do not stop doing that i don't know when this started like we're protecting millionaires more and more. Like, what is that? What is that? Why does why does Shukri Conrad and his love of, love of a bunch of losers need to be protected by people? Support doesn't need to be blind because you know what you know. What one of the things is being supported is a two way street, right? Is the performance will dictate the support. And even if the Proteas weren't winning, if they were gutting it out, they lost to New Zealand, you know, five days, both tests, you know, ugh, Kane Williamson made a brilliant hundred, but they conceded 500 in the first series. And then they lost on a fourth day or bowling second by 200, by eight wickets. Like, what are we talking about? They got absolutely hosed. And then you've got Shukri Conrad coming out here talking like Kane Williamson's just had his first daughter. Like, uh, I'm sorry, it was revolting. It's revolting to me. And, like, what is going on? Does being elite not matter? Like, does, does that not matter? Does, does having standards not matter? I can live with them losing. I can't live with the fact that it doesn't hurt and it feels like Shukri Conrad's just like, oh, well, it's a life lesson. I don't mind our classed. What I the effort levels are disgusting. I'm sorry, it is disgusting. And the apathy. Gee, Shukri Conrad, this is not club cricket, bro. You and your mates around a bry. You you are. He's essentially the CEO of the Proteas, right? The coach is like one of the most important people. Is that what we're presenting? Because you remember when they were brilliant under Graham Smith. The last time the Proteas were useful was under Graham Smith. And everybody hated Graham Smith because he actually behaved more like an Australian than a South African. I think that's why Graham Smith was never beloved by South Africans. Because you remember at the age of 22, he came out here, he went to Australia and he tried to bully them and the press tried to bully him and he wasn't having it. And South Africans are uneasy about that, right? You have to be honest about it. South Africans are very uneasy about confidence. It's why, again, I'll never be shy to say, a lot of my friends are American and Scandinavian actually, but European. Because they're not scared to tell you how they feel about themselves and what they think about themselves. And there's a, there's a self-worth and self-efficacy that isn't going to apologize. Now, you better be able to back it up. But at least believe it. Like, I'm big on that. You've got to back yourself. So not happy. Not happy with the proteas. Not happy with what's happening there. Disgusting. Revolting. Love to hear what people think. Did you hear the interview? Um, are you a cricket fan? Do you not care? Like, a lot of people stop caring about the Proteus. A lot of people I know who love cricket have stopped caring about the Proteus. They're just like, whatever. I'm going to... Like, here's my thing. It's the same as Bafana Bafana. I do not watch because you don't care. I'll tell you a quick story. When I was younger, I went to go play a football game and my father came and watched and picked me up and we lost. And he asked me how we felt or how I felt. And I was like, meh. And he, I kid you not, he literally pulled the car over and he said, I have other places to be and other things to do. If you don't care, why should I care? Like my my father's like, I can just send someone else to drive here. And that had nothing to do with only caring about winning. But when things don't go correctly, it should hurt you. I've said it before on the podcast. You may, if it's your first time, by the way, welcome to the show. But my father was very hard on me, like very super hard on me. That's why I achieved on the sports field. He was hard on me with academics, but I was a dum dum, so that wasn't going to work out. My sister got all the brains, if you know what I'm saying. So I'll never forget that. So my relationship with Bafana Bafana and the Proteas now is: you clearly don't care. Like the CSA don't take it seriously, the Proteas don't take it seriously, international cricket doesn't take us seriously. But fun, of fun I haven't taken us seriously for me since nineteen ninety six because I was alive for that. I watched it, by the way. So if you don't care, why should I care? And you can use that analogy; it works across the board. Right? I if you don't care, why should I care? That's my that's how I feel about the practice. And but fun of fun, I feel there's so much apathy in my heart. Like I went to go watch when they played India, and they drew the test series one one. But I, I've stopped, like, being disappointed when they lose. It's just like, oh, okay. Like like a World Cup semi-final, the only reason I was disappointed was I was going to go to the final. But I wasn't heartbroken. Because it doesn't feel like the Proteus care. It doesn't feel like the players care. It doesn't feel like the CSA care. People are just retiring. Like, Quinton McCock just thinks he can walk off into the sunset. Like, and, and listen, there may be reasons for that. See, Listen, if I had to play under the CSA's... Um, I can't even say stewardship, like madness. I get why Quentin de Kopp would rather go make $5 million in three from every league and play cricket for six months of the year and then relax. I get it. But again, if you don't care, I don't care. So what he's telling me is he cares about IPL, he cares about, and go get your money. I don't care. Great. You don't care? I don't care. Great. We're both out of it. The relationship has ceased to exist from both sides. Like it's, (laughs) there is no amicable end to a relationship, but I just don't care anymore. And I I wouldn't say, I wouldn't say I don't care in the sense that I'm not going to check if the protesters don't play. But I'll be honest, when they lost that semi final, like I'm saying, I wasn't, I wasn't sad. I I wasn't even affected because I remember 99. I remember my cousin crying at the television for like half an hour. After that, he was on his knees in front of the TV at our house, crying. I remember that. A lot of you may not have been born or may not have watched that or been old enough to remember that. I remember how sad. I was sad for like six months. I'm not kidding. I was I was broken. Like Lance Kruisner was my favorite at the time. I was absolutely broken for like six months after the cricket and that is not a word of a lie or, or an exaggeration I, as i'm talking about it now i'm actually i feel like I'm, I'm unzipping myself and i don't mean that in a sexual way i meant emotionally that, that I, I could see how that come but i feel like i feel like I've, unz, I've been unzipped here mentally i've i've picked at the wound and here we are now about to break down the podcast so i remember that but now it it's like oh Okay, well, these are a bunch of mercenaries anyway. They don't really care. They're going to go play SA20, IPL, which, which is fine. But I want people to understand that, that keep saying, oh, just support the boys. No. No, they're not invested. The players are not invested. They want to go get their money. The CSA runs it like a spaza shop. So screw you guys. Screw everyone. Screw everyone. Let's, let's all walk away then. You don't care. I don't care. Okay, there's nothing to talk about here. No, what do they say? No problem or, or no solution, no problem. Because I don't see a solution between fans and the Proteus. Like, these players are going to keep going to IPL, to this, that, the other. And leaving us to watch this, the D-team. Because that's what's happened here, by the way. For those who don't know, the reason the C-team is there is SA20 was on. And I would imagine these players are earning $6-7 seven million to be playing here. Or, or whatever it may be. A million dollars for six weeks cricket. Don't blame them but I am out. Shukri Conrad, what a jerk. What a jerk. Uh, let's go to West Ham. Um, I saw something incredible on Sky Sports. I saw West Ham fans saying Moy's out. Now they've lost three games in a row and obviously they took what five against Arsenal and they then lost again this weekend. And I'm seeing Moy's out banners. I don't understand this. I, I do not understand this. Because this is how relegation happens. Why do they want to live beyond their means? My thing about it is the, the guy just won your European trophy less than six months ago. So let's you know. So so West Ham, just get this right, won. You're in the Europa League. He's in 8th place in the Premier League. Above Chelsea, above Wolves, in contention with Manchester United for the top 6. What, what is going on? Is, it, is there a generational divide between people like me and the current fans? What is going on? Why are West Ham fans calling for, West, uh, for him to get fired? What, what happened? This might be, he may be the greatest manager West Ham ever had. And let me tell you the reality if you're a West Ham fan and this type of fan. Or this type of club. You are a top, top 12 club. Like, this is what you are. West Ham aren't spending 500 million pounds. 600 million pounds every winter. You're not Manchester United. You're not Manchester City. You're not Chelsea. You're, you're not Arsenal. You're not. You're not. You're a club that should be delighted to be in the top 13 every season. Top 13, top 14, stay out of relegation. That's just what West Ham is. There's nothing worse in the world than people not being self-aware. If if I thought I was as good looking as Idris Elba and I was heartbroken because a girl picked Idris Elba over me, what would that look like? Like, surely people come to me and go... Dog, what are you even talking about? You know what I mean? So, what are West Ham fans actually talking about? And I get it in terms of... Moyes is never going to play the pretty football. Right? He's never going to do that. But what he will do... Is turn you into a top 8 club. If you let David Moyes stay for 10 years... He'll just turn you into the modern day Everton. And he'll have better resources... And more players of quality will actually want to join this team. You know why? We're in London, aren't we? In the in the words of Neil Warnock. In the famous words of Neil Warnock. What's the difference? We're, we're in London, that's the difference. West Ham are in London and they play at that Olympic Stadium. Players will want to play at West Ham. Unlike Everton. The second club in Liverpool. Terrible city, Liverpool. Uh, like, do not let people fool you. That is a dump of a place to live. Like the players, players don't live in Liverpool. By the way, in Liverpool, they don't. They do not. Trust me. I know. I I used to roll with some Premier League players. I, they do not live in Liverpool. I've been up there, partied with them. Liverpool's a dump of a place. Like unless you're playing for Liverpool, No. Nah. <laughs> no, no one wants to go up north. No, no one proper anyway. So for him to have done what he did at Everton was incredible. Now, just let him build the thing over four or five years. What is happening? He is the best manager maybe West Ham have ever had. And I saw reports that they're saying he's the most successful in the last 50 years. He's maybe the best manager they've ever had. Good is good enough, guys. Good is good enough. Because I'll tell you what happens. You fire him and you become Middlesbrough. You become Leeds. You become these clubs that that think they're better than they are. And, you know, a friend of mine always used to joke. Always used to joke with me. He says, you should never be happy. Because now you're happy. Now what? That's when the problems start, right? It's like West Ham now. It's like, oh, we're top eight. We won the, Euro- the conference league. Well, can't we be Arsenal? Can't we be Arsenal? Be- because that's the other issue, Right. Is the proximity to Chelsea, Arsenal. Tottenham. They. If your sibling is successful. But they move overseas. It doesn't look as bad. If your sibling is successful. And you have to have family dinner. Every Saturday, Sunday night. It's a whole different beast. So West End. I think can see. We're in London, aren't we? We're in London. So now when Spurs. New stadium players and Postacoglu, They say can't we at least be that? No, you can't. Cuz Daniel Levy's built that over 15 years. He's built that financial model and that stadium over 15 years. The fact that Spurs are on the rise now, it is systematically planned. They will have they'll, they'll probably be the highest revenue earners, right, in the league. Within the next 10 years. With the NFL deal that Daniel Levy's managed to procure. He's been brilliant from that side. He's built it slowly. West Ham have been a shambles. Ownership wise. So let's see what happens there. But I just think it's insane. It's insane man. Moyes out. Come on. You're in the Europa League. West Ham won the Conference League. And are in the Europa League. And you got a hundred million for Declan Rice. Like, what do you think you are? Real Madrid? This is not Real Madrid. You are not Real Madrid. You're the fifth or sixth London club. Club. Because some people will tell you, and I would tend to agree with them, like Crystal Palace are a bigger club than West Ham. Now, some people say that sounds crazy. But I'm just telling you, I've, like... Listen, Crystal Palace is London's club, hey? Like, if you haven't been to London, and it's very difficult. Obviously, if you're across the seas, people just see Chelsea and Arsenal. And, like, the club in London. Like, London's club. Proper. Croydon, innit? There are days in Croydon. Unbelievable. Salhurst Park is an unbelievable atmosphere. Like, listen, you, you've got to keep your head in a swivel out there because it's the mandem out there as well. They're, they're, it's not play, play London. But it's an unbelievable club. And that's London's club. That really, that really is. You you want to know London, London. Like, the streets. The streets, the connection. I mean, they're in different parts of London, right? Uh, uh, West Ham, confusingly, by the way, is in East London. <laughs> People don't understand West Ham. Like okay, Staines isn't really where they they don't play there anymore. But West Ham is in East London, right? There's the two North London clubs, and then there's obviously Brentford, Chelsea, and then sort of more central is uh, Crystal Palace. So so there's also that. You know, is it the inferiority complex of seeing what that what these other clubs are doing? But Palace are you you don't want to be Palace sacking Roy Hodgson after having hired him for the fifteenth time again. Don't try and be happier than happy. I've told people this all the time. Good is good enough. Don't try and be happier than happy. That's what's going on with West Ham now. I I find it asinine and just inexplicable. It just is inexplicable what these people are doing. Well, what are we talking about? You're going to get top 10 again. What would Leeds, Leeds, bigger club than West Ham, Middlesbrough, bigger club than West Ham. Sunderland, bigger club than West Ham. What would they give now to have that? What would Everton give now to have David Moyes? What would Everton give now to have David Moyes? You tell me. There's a way to build for ambition. Like, if you are not part of the established top six, it just is what it is. It is the way life goes you're going to have to be patient for the next 10 years. Not even Newcastle can now put steroids into their finances. Like Newcastle could do Man City on a whole different level, but FFP is here now. So there's also that for West Ham to consider, is you can't just do a... Because one of the advantages of West Ham, they essentially have a free stadium that they they... You know that that, that brilliant businesswoman, uh, what's her name, Karen Brady, acquired. So they essentially, you know, the the city of London pays basically pays in for West Ham to play there. Because just so you know how it works, clubs have to pay for like all of the services: the police, the security, the cleaning, pre and post of the stadium. So because the Olympic Stadium be- belongs to the city of London and The United Kingdom is the way the deals she kind of got is I believe they're paying like they're paying like one pound a month or it it is that ridiculous, but essentially the city pays because it's property of of London. It's not West Ham's property, so they say for that that four or five million every game that you got to pay because it's big money. West Ham don't have to pay that, so they've essentially got a free world class stadium. Brilliant business. I mean, I think it's lost its soul because, listen, that, that going to watch West Ham live when it's rocking, when it was absolutely humming, was special. And I got to see a pretty special era, you know, like Joe Cole, Rio Ferdinand, those guys. I, I went when I was younger and I got to see that. Jermaine Defoe, when they were all coming through, man, they were good. They were so good, that West Ham team. There, there was a West Ham team that was... <laughs> a literal golden generation a young Mark Noble so come on man come on Doc love to hear your thoughts if you've seen that your thoughts on West Ham I, just, like, I don't usually talk about small clubs but I, I, I saw that and I thought has the world gone mad has the world gone mad David Moyes who's just won you the conference league and you want him up? get it together pull yourself towards yourself Alright, as I do every single Monday on the podcast, I tell you where I was right, where I was wrong. So, if you are new to the pod, do subscribe to YouTube, by the way. Go get across the MKT Show. Every sort of, throughout the week, I make calls, you know. But unlike most people, I'm happy to tell you when I'm wrong. So, every Monday, I I tell you where I was right, where I was wrong in terms of my predictions. And it's important to do both you know i'm i'm a truth broker an honesty broker of sorts a tastemaker if you will and you've got to be willing to go to the people and say hey i was wrong you know that's what greatness does so i'm not i'm not saying i'm the greatest human being ever to live but i'm starting to show some of those symptoms in terms of my behavior and my willingness to be right to be wrong. All right, uh, let's get it to where I was right. Um, Spurs only have one plan. Huh? I like Ange Postacoglu, but what is Plan B? You didn't have your left back Udogi, and I mean he's got the biggest clown ever uh, at right back now. <laughs> you you can't have that. We can't do that without Pedro Porro. Uh, and and there's no Plan B. Like this is how we play, so we're playing that way. But Davies is probably a better centre back, or actually. A more traditional left back whereas Udogi is a flying left wing back in the modern sense Davies just doesn't have that dynamism power he's got a terrific left foot on him but he just can't get there and then <laughs> no you, you have Pedro Oparo all right you have Pedro Oparo and, and that's it at right back everything else is a joke so I was right Antipasto Congo only has one plan, and now they're starting to lose. It ain't looking good, bruv. Uh, where I was wrong, Arsenal on fire. I said they they don't have a striker, so they can't score goals. They got the second best attack in the league, eleven goals, two games, incredible. I was wrong. The Gooners. They, they're coming. They are coming. Where I was right, Basball's useless. They lost. England lost the third test by four hundred thirty four runs. It's embarrassing. That like, gets embarrassing. You, you just. You can't consistently go to England. I think you're going to do that. Like, come on. Come on, guys. 434 run loss. Will not change the approach. Like, it's a dust bowl. Unbelievable. Uh, I, was, I was right. Uh, where I was wrong, Harry Kane has made Bayern Munich worse. They're worse. They, they are worse. F- forget about Thomas Tuchel. Forget about all the other stuff. He's made them... They are worse. And he's the change. Like, Harry Kane is the big change. He 100 million... Record signing, they are worse. I was wrong. I thought he'd go there and they would walk the league. It ain't happening. Uh, they are worse. Terrible. Uh, where I was right, Erling Haaland is learning. They call it a sophomore slump in America. Year two. This isn't Germany, my man. Now, I jumped the gun last year. I didn't think he'd do what he did. But I said, this is the Premier League. It finds you out pretty quickly. Listen, there's too many smart people. The best of the best are in the Premier League. People watch tape. They see your tendencies. This is this is not that league, right? This is not that league. All of the best in the world, 90% of the best footballers in the world are in the English Premier League. Which means what? The best coaches are there. The best analysts are there. It is the richest league in the world. Erling Haaland, it's pulled way back. And also, you can't bully defenders here. Because when you try and bully them, look how much he's been injured this year. It, this is England, mate. I said it. I, I did say it. I said, he can't come here and tear it up like Germany. One season, by the way, doesn't make you the GOAT. It doesn't. He's had the best statistical individual season. But don't give me his better than interior. Stop that. Uh, I was right. This is in Germany. He's learning that lesson very, very quickly. A little grumpy against Chelsea. Uh, Where I was wrong, Vinicius Jr. is out. Kylian Mbappe is in. It is being reported widely. Kylian Mbappe has told the PSG that he's not interested. What are are they going to do? Vinicius has to go, right? If you're Venetius, you've got to say to yourself, Man City, Chelsea, like like who else could do with it? United, if if Rashford leaves, you've got to say to yourself, where can I go and be the star? Because we saw it, Neymar and Mbappe, they both want to occupy the same place and they both want to be the star. It doesn't work. You know, I'd worked with Ronaldo, Rooney and Tevez. Tevez and Rooney, they're not really those guys they just they're dogs they street dogs who love to play football they're football guys they're not celebrities so they didn't mind that Ronaldo got all the shine I mean it also helps that it's very good but Vinicius and Mbappe will not work trust me guys I know football I, I know I know sportsmen that doesn't work that I think it's why it didn't work Gareth Bale and Ronaldo long term like Gareth Bale was like dude and quite rightly I came here, I rescued your legacy at Real Madrid. You've had four seasons without me. Now I arrive and we win the Champions League and win three in a row. Like I'm just as good as Cristiano Ronaldo. Give me the chance. And obviously that wasn't gonna happen. But, but my point is, you don't wanna be that. So is he, is he gonna be the Gareth Bale to Cristiano Ronaldo in the Mbappe sense? Vinicius Jr. is out, Kylian Mbappe is in. I didn't think I'd see it, my God. It's the kind of greed they speak about in the Bible. That is where I was right. That is where I was wrong. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Absolutely unbelievable. Love to hear your thoughts. MKT at the MKT. Otherwise, MKT inspires on the ground. All right, let's finish off on the mailbag. Yonder Dicky has sent a message. If you want to get in the mailbag, uh, hit me up on the gram. That's what the young kids say. You, you know you know, when the youth are you thing. Say the gram. MKT inspires. That's Mike Kilo Tango inspires. And send me a message. I'll answer anything. Preferably sport, because I don't know anything else. All right. Uh, Yonda says, Hola, hola, which is not Spanish. It's a colloquial South African greeting is listening to the show while at the office. First time doing that. Usually at home or traveling or driving to and from the office. Thought of trying to listen differently to see if it smacks differently. And also, I'm hardly at the office. Makes sense why you are often driving then. Or at home. Anyway, here's one for the mailbag. I had a debate uh, with my WhatsApp group regarding Rassi. That's Rassi Erasmus. I shared his coaching team and said this man just won the 2027 World Cup by adding Yaku Paipa, who will be a rules um, advisor, to his coaching team. My brother went on to say, Russi is wrong and selfish for coming back as the coach, and Dion Davids was supposed to be the coach. I was thrown back by this comment and hardly saw him as the next guy to drive a winning mentality and culture. Is my brother correct in saying Russi is selfish And secondly, is Dion Davids supposed to be the coach? I mean, in short, absolutely not. But I want to make it clear why not. All right? One thing you have to realize is dynasties don't happen often. And the Springboks are in the middle of the dynasty. Like, the, the team that won in France... 70% of it will still be playing in 2027 in Australia. Because the World Cup's in Australia. So when they go to Australia, this team has winning mentality. And it is going to be vital to make sure that that mentality and you don't have what they call in, in sport, what about me syndrome. You know, when people win. Everybody wants a raise. Everyone wants to do a little bit more of an advert. It's it's what the great Jimmy Johnson, former Cowboys coach, calls what about me syndrome. And Russie has that intensity to go, nobody cares what you did yesterday. Nobody. It's over. You won the William Webelers. We draw a line into that and we keep moving. But dynasties don't happen often. And we're in the middle of a dynasty, in the middle of this one, by the way. Why would you want to break it up? And what I would say about that is Rusty Erasmus rescued South African rugby, so why not give him a chance, right? And I don't believe you deserve anything, but he's earned the chance to try and do three in a row and and go to the history box forever. I mean, he's already in the history box, but if he, imagine he goes three in a row, then that like he's changed rugby. If the Springboks win three in a row, he's changed rugby. So, Russi deserves the opportunity to be the head honcho in going for three. But here's the, the most point. important thing. Dion Davids has the personality of a bag of potato chips. There's no way I want him anywhere near... Number, there's some people that are just number twos. See Alistair Cotia, Dion Davids is one of those personalities. Like, I just, I don't know. I, I listen to him talk, I'm just like, nah that's not an alpha peter de villiers, that's a head coach like that's the personality i want in head coach now I, I prefer my head coaches also have some eq but but peter de villiers is not only a brilliant x is no guy but but whether you like peter de villiers, not, de villiers or not was he's got the personality to commander like you can you can tell that's a leader of men peter de villiers is a leader of men whether you liked him or not, and I think a lot of the time it was just because he had an annoying, an annoying voice, or what some people called an annoying voice. So it didn't make it easy. He wasn't very palatable. I wish he did more of his press conferences in Afrikaans. I think speaking in English and him trying to be a philosopher in English as opposed to Afrikaans hurt him. But but Peter de Villiers was a leader of men, like Jake White, leader of men. Like there's a certain personality to be number one. You've got to have a bit of bastard in you. Like, Alistair Kutzea couldn't lead sheep. F- f- forget about an alpha room of men. No. So Dale Davids, forget it. The personality of potato chips. So no way do I want him anywhere near. And stop telling me he's the assistant. Because greatness is not contagious. Alistair Kutzea was around Jake White. Like, we saw what a, a catastrophe that was. Catastrophe. Cataclysmic. It was awful. Greatness is not contagious. It's such a it's such a it's such a repeated error as well. It's a habitually repeated error. People say, oh, he coached with Pep. Oh, he coached with Mourinho. Oh, he coached with Sir Alex Ferguson. Mm, some people are meant to be number twos. It's very easy when you're coaching your position. You, you're the good guy. You know, the, the thing about being the head coach is it's so little coaching. You're looking after everything. Now so-and-so's having an issue with his wife. So-and-so had a DUI. Like the president of your biggest sponsor wants to see you. The, the TV channel wants to make a documentary. Like you've got to look after all of it like right? being the head coach there's a reason why most teams keep it feels like people recycle the same managers in football rugby cricket whatever there's only so few people who can lead an alpha bunch of men like they are just there are only so few and i want to finish off on this why the personality thing is important the box don't need a coach they need a psychologist they need somebody who can just handle the personalities, Because we're not short of talent. The Springboks, that's why our players, our, our C&D players, go and play international rugby, and they're Scotland's best player. Like Ireland's greatest flanker in the last... I mean, I, I like Peter Omani, but uh, I forget who your boy was, this other the Afrikaans boy, um, who they thought was like, you know, like Jerry Collins, and he was getting nowhere near the Springbok team. But our players go overseas, we produce such great rugby players. So you don't really need X's and O's, guys. we got lots of those. What you need is people that are going to set a culture and not try and be popular. That's what I love about Russi. He's not trying to be popular. He's trying to lead. Stop trying to be popular. That's for politics. If you want to lead in elite environments, make the right decisions. And by the way, you don't always have to be perfect. A mentor of mine once told me, when you make a decision, it doesn't have to be the right decision. But when you make a decision, you make that decision right that's what leadership's about you can't be softy softy and nice and i know i know every 25 year old listening to this goes but the culture's changed there's a reason why no 20 year old has invented tiktok facebook there's a reason there's a reason mark zuckerberg isn't liked he's because he's a bastard you've seen the case that he's had to defend how many times the guy who invented X, how old was he? Jack, whatever his name was. There's a reason why in this generation, if you don't believe me about the change in culture, everyone says, oh, toxic masculinity, blah, blah, blah. Name a company in the last 15 years that has changed the face of the world. It It isn't going to happen because everybody wants to be nicey, nicey, and he, she, like I have to care about your identity politics and what skin color are you, and you is the male-female composition of the staff right? Elon Musk does not care about that. Like, get in here. You went to Stanford, I see. I see you got perfect grades. Get in here. Here's $5 million a year. What do you think about that? Go and make my Chinese production line better, or whatever. I, I can't imagine he speaks like that, but I'm not Elon Musk, but you get what I'm saying. Like, Rusty Rasmus is Elon Musk like. Trust me. I know people who work in the Springboks. <laughs> it is not a picnic. Ever. It is not. He is hectic. Rusty Rasmus is hectic. But he wins. You know why he's hectic? Because he wants to win. Alistair Kutsia tried to be everyone's friend. No. Doesn't work. And yes, every youngster now wants to work in an office where they just feel appreciated. I'm like, oh my goodness. Again, I have to explain it. I am biased towards alpha male men, like patriarch, strong, because I was raised by that kind of father and and I am my father's son. I'm very biased. I'm not I'm not a softy, touchy, feely person. I'm not. I don't have that in me. I wasn't raised that way. So it is I am what I am and I'm biased to that. So I must be clear. People like Russi Rasmus have my vote because I like that kind of leadership. I don't like, let me tell you what my father used to say. This is the kind of household I was brought up in. And this is how I think now. So it's also, there's a reason why I think I'm on my own more often than not. Because some I haven't met many people that can connect with this kind of thinking. My father used to say to me, the world is a better place when people do what they're supposed to do and they don't expect to be rewarded for it. Like, just do your job. Stop wanting a pat on the back and a congratulations all the time. Like, you earn a salary. Like, you're going to get a bonus on the 13th check. Like, why do people want, like, a pat on the back so Now, some people, again, I'm just giving you context of what kind of person I am. It's what I like about sport. Like, at the elite level, those coaches do not want to hear every Tom, Dick, and Harry. Oh, but what about me, coach? Oh, dude, shut up. Shut up and get on with it. Like you're part of a team and we will move on from you. That is the spring box. And that's what you need. And that's what it was under Hansen. That was under that's what it was under Graham Henry. Those environments are not there to coddle you. Like if you want to be coddled, just go work in a middle income job and go go work in banking. You know, there you can hide in government. But if you want to be at the elite end, I mean you've seen Zuckerberg's just They'll, they, they will fire 100,000 people. They do not care. It is a performance environment. It is not a country club. It's not. And trust me, I know this. I, I promise you, I know people who work inside of the Springbok organization. It's not for everyone. People have had to leave. Not because Russie's is a bad person, but it's intense. It's intense. Ninaaba was no picnic. It's intense, it's all the time. Standards aren't for everybody. Instagram makes this motivation thing look easy. Standards are not for everybody. Dion Davids, give me a break. You know it's a it's a long answer, but give me a break. I, I would I would puke in my mouth if Dion Davis became the Springbok coach. He's got the personality of the sweat in my running shoes. Terrible personality. I don't know the person. I'm just saying the way he portrays himself. And that matters, by the way. For people who have not been in elite sports environments, and I can only speak for men. I've I've never spent any time in female dressing rooms. If you cannot stand up there and convince those guys to follow you, it doesn't matter how rich you are, how nice you are, how beautiful you are, how religious you are, how pious you are. It does not matter. Those are the most competitive human beings in the world. If you cannot get their buy-in, and if you, can, if you cannot scare them a little bit. You've got to be scared of your coach a little bit. Right? It's part of it. Fear matters. Fear is a part of leadership. If you can't do that, you're finished. Trust me, you are finished. You're dead. You cannot lead a room of men and stand in front of them and have them go. Because here's the thing, by the way. Let me tell you something. Men will test you. Sportsmen will test you. Alpha males will test you. Because they want to see Because everybody, all those guys want to be the lead dog. All right? And they'll test you. They'll, they would have tested Rusty at the beginning. Break out behavior here. Say this here and there. Start chirping behind. There, there, there's many ways. I've seen it. And if you can't stand up there and command them, you're finished. You're, you're dead. You could be... You can be Cram, Henry, Rassi Erasmus, and Steve Hansen rolled up in one as an X as a no coach if you cannot lead the men. If they cannot get behind you. If you cannot speak in front of a room of men. You're finished. You are finished. Trust me, fam. Dion Davis, get out of here. Get out of here. I mean, what a mess. What what a mess of South African rugby is there. So I disagree with your brother. No way. I, I don't want to see Dion Davis anywhere near... Assistant coach, fine. Which he was before. Head coach. Go jump in a lake. No. No. I would be sick in my mouth. If that happens. Future tip. Katleko Lynch, look out for him. He coaches St. John's first team rugby. Uh, I've seen him at some coaching courses where I've been lucky enough to sit in the room. I like that. I like what I'm seeing there. Katleko Lynch, if you don't know of him. Obviously St. John's, absolutely horrendous. But he has coached uh, junior Bok teams. And I think he's one to look out for. Katleko Lynch is somebody I'm tipping to be a future Springbok coach. Alright, have a fantastic day, week, whatever's coming up. You know. Hopefully, hey, you might be going for a big interview. Maybe you got a job interview. Maybe maybe you're going to ask out the guy, the girl. Maybe you bought a new car. Maybe you're getting a bonus this week. Maybe you're flying down to see your mother, your father. You know? Maybe something amazing is happening this week. Enjoy it. You deserve it. And let me tell you this. You get the life you deserve. So keep rocking. Whatever you are up to, uh, stick at it. I hope um I hope it works out. Hope you break through eventually. Ladies and gentlemen, my name is MKT. This has been the MKT show. And for now, I am the hell out of here.